Ludus Novus, Episode 20, for August 23rd, 2010, Acceptable Losses. I'm Gregory Weir, and this is Ludus Novus, the podcast dedicated to the art of interaction. Today I'm going to be talking about a game called Overlord. Specifically, I'll be talking about how Overlord uses game mechanics and incidental touches to encourage a certain behavior in its player and a certain attitude towards the game's characters. Overlord is a 2007 game by Triumph Studios that's a pretty direct descendant of Shiny Entertainment's 2001 game, Sacrifice. They're both sort of strategic action adventures where you control a single powerful magic-using hero or protagonist as Overlord's character, not really much of a hero. But you're controlling this single protagonist and also a small army of characters that you control that are summoned through the use of energy gotten by defeating other enemies. In the case of Overlord, you are the titular evil Overlord who has just awoken from some sort of mysterious slumber or resurrection and has to spread a swath of flame and terror across the world. Then this is a fantasy world that's a little twisted in the sense that the heroes, after coming home from their big adventure, have grown corrupt themselves. And one of the ironies of the game is that as you're going through, your evil overlord is being more heroic than the heroes. The characters that you control as the Overlord are minions. They're little goblin or kobold-like creatures that you can summon and will gladly go into battle and die for you. The way that you summon minions is through a, a kind of energy called life force, and there are four different kinds of life force, four different colors. There's white, red, green, and blue to summon brown, red, green, and blue minions. And so there's, there's a fun dynamic here where slaughtering things gives you energy that you can then use to summon more minions. You have an upper cap on the number of minions you can have at any one time, but no upper cap on the amount of life energy you can have. The expendable nature of the minions and the ease of acquiring life energy makes it seem like minions are expendable. And indeed they are. They're roughly interchangeable. They're, each one is not particularly powerful, and it's relatively easy to get more energy. However, that encourages a negative kind of play. If that was all there was to the game, then one of the natural ways to play the game would be to send out waves and waves of minions, have them get killed, summon more minions, in the, because most of the time that's available, and keep doing this, churning through energy until you kill all the enemies or run out of energy. If you run out of energy, you go back and farm the sheep or whatever gives you the kind of energy you want until you've got enough energy to fight again. And this, even though strategic approaches to combat and tactical approaches to combat would mitigate this and make it so that it was less boring, the lazy player tendency would be to do that, to 
churn through minions and life energy in the simplest way possible. And as a result, players would feel a feeling of dissatisfaction because it was a boring game. Even though the game has a deeper tactical aspect to it, they might not notice it. Additionally, this isn't quite in keeping with the behavior of a smart overlord. A smart overlord doesn't waste any more lives than he has to in order to conquer the uh, slovenly masses. So I imagine that the overlord design team was facing this very problem. How do you make the player act tactically? How do you make her preserve as many minion lives as she can while still being okay with losing a few since it preserves the idea of them being these expendable minions who are willing to die for you? And they did something interesting. They, first of all, gave the minions personalities. The minions are eager to help you. They, When they find treasure, they say, for you! And when they find items, they say, for me! And it's very endearing and, and cute, and, and you start to like these minions. And then there's that thing that I mentioned just now of treasure. While you're going through environments and fighting monsters and fighting helpless villagers, you're coming across all sorts of stuff that you can ransack. Barrels, stalls in the market, houses, pots, and so on. And you can send your minions out to destroy them, and when they do, they find things. Uh, sometimes it's relatively useful things like swords and spears and helmets, and sometimes it might be a hollowed-out pumpkin or a uh, mug of beer or something like that. But by picking these things up, even the pumpkins... They can equip themselves, they can make weapons, they can make armor, they can make equipment that makes the minions more powerful. So you might have one minion running around with a skull and a stick and a pumpkin for a hat, and another one running around with a helmet and an elven sword, and your motley assortment of, of minions have all these different equipment that they get. And when they get this equipment, it makes them more powerful in combat. There's a number in the upper right-hand corner of the screen that's a percentage, which is how effective your minions are in combat compared to baseline minions. And that can get up to 150, 200, 225% easily. And that's all through picking up items that make them attack better and give them better defense. Now the thing is, if a minion dies and isn't resurrected by a blue minion, then they lose that equipment. So if you let all your minions die and summon a new crop of minions, they, first of all, don't have these pieces of flair, these decorations that make them more personable and, and cute, and they're less effective in combat. So it's better strategically and tactically to preserve as many minions as you can because then they will keep these items that they have that make them more effective in combat. So by doing this, they've used game mechanics in order to enforce this storyline characterization aspect of the game where, yes, you're willing to send your minions off to die for you in battle, but given the option, you'll save them. You'll be nice to your minions and not send them in unless it's absolutely necessary and pull them back if they're going to get killed. So this issue of encouraging tactical behavior has mostly been solved, or at least has been helped quite a bit with this mechanic. But then we've got an opposite problem, because in order to accommodate players who are perhaps not being as tactical as they could, or just aren't as adept at managing their minions, 
you need to make life force easily available. You need to make the mana that you use to summon minions easy to get because then otherwise you're in a situation where the only way that to get minions is to have a large number of minions and then if you don't have the the energy to get minion power then you can't summon minions and you're in a in a, a loop that that's difficult to break out of. So, it's easy to get energy. Uh, brown energy, white energy is really easy to get because you can just kill sheep or kill villagers or something like that to get it. The other colors are a little tougher, but they're set enemies that are pretty easy to defeat that you can get those kinds of energy from. And so as a result you get this surplus of energy. And you could just leave it so that when you summon minions out of a portal you would have hundreds and hundreds of energy there. Which would be fine, but that high number of resources, that high quantity of energy would have a negative effect. It would encourage that sort of throwaway non-tactical behavior because hey, even if my minions are going to be less effective if they die and I have to summon new ones, I've got 800 life energy back in the bank to summon them with. So, ironically here, the thing that would make you more likely to protect your minions, i.e. the fact that they can be increased in strength, also makes it easier to build up life energy and discourages you from protecting the minions because you've got this surplus. So as a result, there's another use for life energy. Pretty soon in the game you acquire a forge that you can put back in your dark tower. And in your, your e tower of evil evilness, you can sacrifice minions into this forge in order to increase your own equipment. So your own overlord armor and weapons can be increased by having minions jump into the forge and sacrifice themselves in order to increase your own power. So you've got this forge into which you can throw hundreds of units of life force at a time, hundreds of minions, huge mobs of minions jumping into this forge. And as a result, when you look at that counter on your minion summoning portal and you see that you've got 200 energy left, it's not, oh, I've got all this energy that I can just waste by creating minions. No, it's I'm building up energy that I can then use to enhance my equipment. So there's this, this fun push and pull of, of resources where it's easy to get a small amount of life force by killing sheep. That allows you to summon minions. Minions can ransack things to get equipment, which is a little more difficult to get, so equipment is a little more valuable. And when minions die, you lose the life force you've invested in those minions, and you've lost the equipment that they've acquired, which makes them less successful in battle. Losing large amounts of life force is undesirable because you can use that life force in order to enhance equipment. So there's this, this dynamic of power where you can have a slow increase and you can bleed large amounts of life force off in order to gain a, a permanent advantage to yourself. And in the middle there's this push and pull of minions. And what all this does is it first of all encourages a playstyle which is tactical but not really hardcore and difficult. And it also encourages you to think like an evil overlord, to think like a being who has a certain amount of infection for these weaker little creatures that serve his bidding, but 
still is willing to send them off to be slaughtered by trolls and and uh, overzealous heroes and such. And so it means that these mechanics and these aesthetic elements are reinforcing both the gameplay and the narrative that's being presented in the game. As you can probably tell, I'm pretty envious of, of the design team on Overlord, and uh, I hope that I'm able to create the, the same quality of game design uh, in my mechanics. I haven't played Overlord 2 yet, but uh, I got both games and the expansion pack for the first game in uh, a rather nice Steam sale, so I'm very much looking forward to finishing Overlord and to playing the sequel at some point. Well, that's all I've got to talk about for this episode. Hopefully I will put together an ep another episode within the next uh, year or two. And uh, you've been listening to Ludus Novus. Ludus Novus is offered under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike License, which means you can give it to anyone you want as long as you don't make money off of it and you say it's mine. And the music for this episode is Medieval Evil from the album Medieval Years by Ball Animalek and it's available on gemendo.com. Talk to you later.